Hello and welcome to KIOS at the Movies. I'm your host, Joshua LeBure, and I'm here with Patrick Kinney and Diana Martinez from Film Streams to discuss the new film by 20-year-old filmmaker Suzanne Lindon, a beautiful, affecting, and challenging film, Spring Blossom. T'as l'air songeuse. T'as voir sur moi Ça va. Les stages-là, ils sont un peu cons. Hein. Ouais, ils sont un peu cons. Je suis un peu lassée de tout ça. De mes copains, de mes copines, de ma routine. Je m'ennuie avec les gens de mon âge. Pourquoi vous me regardez comme ça Je vous regarde, c'est tout. Puis je comprends. Et je traîne au bord de la place. What did you think of Spring Blossom? What are your initial thoughts? Kind of don't even know where to start. Because there's like, I kind of want to divide it into two things. Okay. Yes. Because the filmmaking I loved, mm. there's so many things about, about this movie that I really, really, really like, mm-hmm. but then I don't even know where to begin with the subject matter and the whole question of the, I want to say like the intentions of the very young filmmaker. Let's yeah. do it. I love, I love it. Let's, yeah. let's yeah. have a content discussion. Okay. Okay. Great. <clears throat> Well, my first initial thought when I saw this was it's a European film mm-hmm. about <laughs> yeah. a young girl and uh-huh. an older man, Yes, yeah. which is a trope. Yeah. I mean, it's a common trope mm-hmm. that happens yep. a lot, mm-hmm. and usually it's directed by older men. Usually it's directed mm-hmm. by older men. And so when I actually looked up the filmmaker, I was pleasantly surprised to see that it's written, directed, and stars a 20-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. And she wrote it when she was 15, Yeah, mm-hmm. which is the age of her character. And I feel like I've read some criticism that is saying, like, this is an interesting, this is interesting because of that. It's a new, like, maybe this is an example of women re-examining or reclaiming that Mm. trope, that genre. But then you read interviews with the filmmaker, Suzanne Lindon, and she is not really trying to do that. That is not, that doesn't seem to have been her goal. So what to do about that? Well, I mean, this this is this is the whole thing. Like, I think there are cultural differences here, um, and these kinds of relationships, whether you approve of them or not, like women fall into. And so, I oh, think it's it's interesting that, like, you know, just because a woman makes a film doesn't mean that it's morally good. Sure. Like, you know, like women and people of color, like they can make films that are just as questionable um, as other people. So, I think it's interesting that there's like a demand that this film somehow be more responsible about framing that relationship just because she's a woman director. The fact that like this movie came out of someone that was 20 years old and it feels so accomplished and it feels like there's a unique vision with it and mm-hmm. that it does feel very like, like realized. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a perfect movie, but yeah. you know, I, I, I was, know. it's pretty good. It's I mean, pretty it's good. really <laughs> good. Yeah. It's really good. 
I think that people see a film like this, and this is something I like about the film, but I think Mm -hmm. people see a film like this and they're like, this director, maybe she doesn't have anything to say. Just because this film isn't loud and screaming at you exactly what it wants you to feel and what it wants you to, how you should react, does not mean it's not saying anything. Mm -hmm. Because it's saying something in the silences. And by the main character and how she interacts throughout the film, most of the film is felt through silences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the film did a really good job at that. And there are some like really interesting forays into like little interpretive dance and stuff like that, that mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. Whimsy. Ugh, love the dance sequences. Loved it. Love them. And what a like very like magical way to show that these two, that there really is something between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it's mutual and it's real. Mm-hmm. And it's something kind of innocent. And you didn't have to have some like dialogue of like, oh my God, you like the Smiths? I like the Smiths too. (laughs) Yeah, but but that's what I think the movie does so well. It actually shows it doesn't tell. Hmm. And like those little whimsical dance scenes are just like showing you like how happy she is, like how they feel for one another, like how literally in sync Mm -hmm. they are. I don't know, sweet things like that. It, It really does... I don't know, kind of bring you to like first love kind of feelings, right? And she's finally found someone who sees her deeply. And that's nice. And that's nice. And then there's such sweet moments with her dad mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I just love those moments. Mm-hmm. And like she gets so excited at one point, she just like wakes her dad up at like 2 a.m. or something and is like, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, well, my stomach hurt earlier, but now I feel fine. (laughs) (laughs) And just something about that. I was like, oh, this is amazing. And then after one of those choreographed dance scenes, one of my favorite parts was it goes to her with her mom and she's dancing on her mom's feet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's just, and that shows in some way just like that she is falling in love and she is falling in love with this like older man and stuff like that. But she really is still trying to find herself and grow. Mm -hmm. and, and, Mm -hmm. And she still is like, you know, a kid. Yeah, and I think the way that she's, her drink order is lemonade with grenadine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, there's a few like really sweet things like that that show you where she is, that she is, um, where she, you know, she's developing. She's becoming, becoming herself, but she's still kind of a kid. Wait, are you mm-hmm. saying that because I love lemonade and grenadine, I'm still a kid? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Actually, right. no. When she ordered it, I was like, that sounds refreshing. I know. I was like, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> I loved this movie and I think I like it more in retrospect because she's also like great oh. like the camera loves her yes she is so enthralling and I think that that's part of where the show don't tell also comes from is that you actually have an actress who can show you mm-hmm. who like emotes in a visual way like without dialogue um yeah, she's just great. And another thing that I loved, even from the stills, you can tell like the cinematography is really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's all natural light. So we're talking Parisian light. Mm-hmm. Um, and also another thing related, I always love like a realistic Paris set movie. I want like Paris set movie because mm-hmm. I want to see like inside their apartments. I want to see like where they actually hang out. Yeah. I want to see what like, uh, I don't know. It's just so I've never been there, but it just like, it feels transportive. It reminded me a lot of the cinematography 
there was like this little era with Noah Bombach mm. with Squid and the Whale and Margot at the wedding that it was all natural light. It was mm. all handheld. And those are like my favorite films, like look wise. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was so nice to see somebody else like pull that similar style. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they were channeling Noah Bombach or whatever. I mean, a lot of people do handheld. I mean, Bombach was channeling just, yeah. French New Wave. So of that's course, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, but the the way it was done, like, it was just so delicately done. And so uh, it just reminded me of that era that I don't feel like. Sure. You know. I guess I'll spoil my pick. So uh, Suzanne said that one of her main influences is Romer. Oh, that and makes I sense. Think, yeah. yeah. I mean, Eric mm-hmm. Romer is like. Yeah. One yeah. of my favorite filmmakers. It's stylish. It it's is. Stylish. It's a stylish film. Yeah. Um, I love an Eric Romer film. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting because, you know, you think about um, his influence and like Chris Rock remade an Eric Romer film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> the, I think I love yeah. my wife. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, anyway. Hits and misses. <laughs> I just, I mean, these are like, these are my favorite types of films. I just love films that can say so much just by showing people, mm-hmm. you know? And I like that she added like the little bit of surreal aspect to it and yeah. didn't take it over the top. Mm-hmm. Cause like those little parts and I referenced it a little bit earlier, but those little parts reminded me a lot of 500 days of summer, mm. but, but pulled back mm-hmm. for a more like, um, subtle, tasteful, tasteful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like whenever she did that dance, I immediately thought of Joseph Gordon-Levitt when he finally talks you to make my Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's the That's bird on his shoulder. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, when but that scene, like I immediately thought of that. And then whenever um, they started falling for each other while listening to music, I thought of like Garden State and. 500 Days of Summer. Mm-hmm. And like these movies where they explicitly are like, oh, we both like this weird mm-hmm. thing, but they didn't say it. There's a little Francis it. Ha in there too. Yeah. A little bit, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But they didn't say it. They, It was just like the mm-hmm. movement. Yeah. It was like, and I thought that that was so effective. I'm so glad we talked about the content because I feel it helps me like the movie even more. <laughs> same, same. There was, I will say if there was a critique, uh, and I don't know if this was because it was starting to get later in the day and I kind of needed to go do some things. It's a very short movie, which I love. Yes. I love a 70 minute feature film. That's like my favorite thing. Salute to that. Yeah. yeah. More, please. 70, 80 minutes, like more of those. Cause especially now, like I don't necessarily want to like watch a short film, but I want to watch a feature film. I want a full story, mm-hmm. but I don't always have two and a half hours to sit down and watch a movie <laughs> or three hours. Like these. I never do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so like a 70, 80 minute film is like that sweet spot that I'm just like so mm-hmm. happy. I got a story. I don't have to watch another episode. I don't have to work. You know, I got mm-hmm. a, it's, it's great. Yep. Um, but some of the stuff at the end, I wasn't sure. And I, I don't want to like spoil the ending or whatever. I don't know if you can spoil the ending, but some of the lead up towards the ending, I was having a hard time understanding the connecting the dots. Yeah. Just like what, where were we going with that? You know. Well, I'll say I, I just rewatched it or I just rewatched it. Yes. Um, so I'll say having just rewatched it, I think that makes a, a little bit more sense to me now. Okay. Because I did have that after the first one. So it's a good like watch a couple times maybe. Oh, this is a rewatcher for me. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and so I don't know if that was a critique. It was just more like, I don't know if I like looked away or something, but I've started to feel a little bit lost towards the end on like how we were wrapping this up. Um, but I think it ends satisfactory. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a it's a pretty like neat, like 
quiet little beautiful movie. I think this is these are the best kind of movies to have this conversation about like form and content about. Because I yeah. think it's really easy when it's like a bad film and it's easy to be like, oh, we'll cancel this person or like never watch this film again. <laughs> right. But like here they pull like she pulls it off and it's beautiful. And it's like, how can you, I don't know, kind of censor whatever a woman wants to say about this kind of relationship, no matter how problematic it may be. It doesn't stop it from happening. And like there needs to be more insightful, smart ways to like think through these kinds of things and to yeah reflect on them in an artistic way rather than just like a, a, a moralizing way i'm very excited about cinema right now because two of my favorite films this year so far were made by really young women who had very distinct films mm-hmm. and that was this one spring blossom and shiva baby okay. two of my favorite mm-hmm. movies i've seen this year so far mm-hmm. and i'm just like i'm pretty excited because like a lot of times i feel very a lot of despair <laughs> about <laughs> about like the uh, just the amount of content that we get and and wondering like when movies are going to be irrelevant and seeing like younger people like come out with such great movies and they're mm-hmm. they're releasing films with different perspectives it's mm-hmm. not just people that looked like me when i was 20 you know it's like it's it's nice to see mm-hmm. and it makes me excited to see what other work these people are going to do as they grow into their filmmaking and all this stuff because mm-hmm. they've already made stuff way more realized than i've ever done so mm-hmm. <laughs> So what films should people watch with Spring Blossom? So, as I uh, previewed a bit, uh, I'm going to recommend a Romer movie. Uh, my favorite Eric Romer movie is Le Rayon Vert, The Green Ray, um, which does not have much of a thematic tie-in with <laughs> Spring Blossom, but I think the style is very there. And it is a female lead, which um, I guess isn't rare for a Romer movie, but um, is another similarity. It's just a very beautiful drifting film about um, a young woman who is, it sounds so trite, but she's trying to decide what to do with her vacation. (laughs) But she ends up drifting through a nearly empty Paris and bumping into people and then going to the country to try to see friends during, you know, this like national holiday. And uh, it ends up being like sort of a moment of sweet reckoning for just the state of her life. Mm Mm-hmm. I love Eric Romer, and that's like one of my favorites. It's a good one. Yeah, it's it's so good. I think I only watched that one a couple years ago, or maybe even during COVID for the first time, Mm -hmm. because it was randomly on like Mubi or something. Sure. And I was just like, why haven't I seen this one yet? It's so good. Yeah, they actually just did, um, and at some point, we will play these in the theater, (laughs) Um, did a restoration for the Four Seasons, his Mm. Four Seasons movies. Um, They restored them over COVID. And I held off on putting them on the platform because they deserve a big screen. I would love Agreed. I would love to. Yeah. I haven't seen any Romer films in the theater, so I would really love that. My recommendation is um, the 2002 film called Tadpole, um, starring B.B. Uh, Newworth and Sigourney Weaver um, and a young man named Aaron Stanford. And it is about uh, another 15-year-old um, kind of... Uh, wise beyond his years prep school student who falls in love with his stepmom and inadvertently uh, ends up kind of seducing her friend and it hijinks ensue um 
it's really funny. There's like miscommunications and identity. And obviously this like 15 year old being way over his head in terms of like any relationship or anything that he may start with an older woman. Um, and, and it's one of those films that I think it's really interesting if we think of like double standards in terms of like the, the kinds of films um, and relationships that young men are able to pursue in um, literary or film narratives and ones that are um, taboo for young women. So I think this is an interesting comparator. My suggestion is very on the nose, but a very different uh, uh, style to this very similar story. It's the 2015 Mariel Heller film, uh, Diary of a Teenage Girl, uh, starring Belle Pally, Alexander Skarsgård, and Kristen Wiig. It's it's a really affecting movie. It's really well done. The acting is incredible, and it's extremely uncomfortable. But also, at the same time, the conversation that it is having in respect to the main character, I think, is just so good and non-judgmental of her. And, and something that I feel like, um, when I saw it, was just, yeah, just one of those films that sticks with you. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Diary of a Teenage Girl. So good. Bill Pally is so good in that. Oh my god. Her face. Yeah. I just want her face. And then she does. She plays a Jersey girl in that. Yeah, in, <laughs> in King of Staten Island. King of Staten Island, which she's very good in. As she's well. so good. Yeah. I it love works. It. I'll never know because I will never watch that movie. What? It wasn't bad. I, he I, was terrible. I hated him. Okay. You're the character? To, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah he's He bad. was the worst. I have a weird love for Judd Apatow. I, that's fine. He makes good movies. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that he like gets away with making like meandering. Those movies are long. Oh, yeah, they I feel like her and, I feel like him and Nancy Myers get away with <laughs> making films. That are collab. I'm just saying. Let's I think they. It. I think they get away with making. They no. Yes. They get away with making uh, films that are similar to Romare and like Richard Linklater and these indie cinema films that don't have strong narrative, but they just really dive into. They're about rich people, but they're mm-hmm. about people. Leave Nancy Myers alone. I love. I love. I'm saying that I love her. I think that what's she working on? Can we get? Yeah. What can we get? I think Nancy Myers is like. I honestly think she's an art filmmaker. Like, if you've seen The Intern or I It's Complicated, I have no problem using I the word. I aut- love The Intern. She's an okay. She's an auteur. She's sure. an auteur. She's an auteur. I'll give you that. Yeah. Because she makes these films that I feel like are very similar to the pace and the uh, as like a Romare or something. She like has, they, she has nothing. She has nothing in the pipeline. I know. Give Criminal. Nancy Myers work. I know. I want to see, I want the new holiday. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I genuinely love Nancy Myers. I love her. I'm not going to put that in the podcast, but that's just how I feel. Coward. <laughs> Fine. I'll put it in there. <laughs> Take a stand. Everyone wants. Fine. My recommendation with spring blossom is it's complicated yeah. by Nancy Myers. Nice. <laughs> I love that movie. I love. Right. Mm-hmm. I love Steve that Martin in that movie. That kitchen that she's building. The it's kitchen. so good. <gasps> me. I think that's my favorite, like Nancy Myers, like decor. Yeah, movie. sure. And she, the house is sick. Yeah, and Meryl Streep has that bakery 
she mm-hmm. owns. And, yeah. Oh, man. I'm you're like, Meryl. oh, you know, Meryl Streep, the domestic Meryl's goddess. Bakery. <laughs> it's epic. It's an epic bakery. Spring Blossom is available on film streams at home. For KIOS, I'm Joshua LeBure. For film streams, I'm Patrick Kinney. And for film streams, I'm Diana Martinez.